Welcome to Lipstick Attitude, hosted by Dr. Elizabeth King, psychotherapist, hypnotherapist, author, and motivational speaker, specializing in trauma and women's mental health, and Yvonne Haas, psychotherapist and coach specializing in relationships, couples, and women's issues. This show is your dose of inspiration, information, and laughter. In each episode, Dr. King and Yvonne bring you hacks, tips, and inspiring stories to help you live a successful life. So ladies, grab your lipstick. It's time to do this. The Lipstick Attitude Podcast is powered by Suits, Stilettos, and Lipstick Foundation, a nonprofit movement to empower women and children from all walks of life to be resilient, self-confident, and purposeful leaders through education, mentorship, and community outreach. To learn more, visit sslwomen.org. Please note that this show is intended to empower and educate. It is not meant to be utilized as a substitute for individual therapy. Good morning, everyone. This is the Lipstick Attitude, and I'm Dr. Elizabeth King. And today we have a very special guest, uh, Dr. Eva Brown, and my co-host Yvonne Haas is standing by over there as well. Hey, everybody, how are you? Doing good morning. Awesome. Wake up, ladies. Wake up. Good morning. It's, good morning. Okay, come on. Wake up. <laughs> Get some energy flowing. I'm so happy you're here, both of you. I hope everybody had a great weekend. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Had some uh, R&R, I hope. Yep, I sure did. Went bike riding with my hubby and relaxed by the fireplace last night. Oh, nice. It was beautiful oh, out, too. I know, um, it was. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm so happy that you're here, Dr. Eva, because, you know, we go way back and unfortunately we don't see each other enough. So it's awesome to have Zoom now that you can see each other no matter where you are, no matter what part of the world you're at. So, so excited to have you on this show. And I know we've been talking about podcasting because you have a podcast and you're going to start another new podcast and you're an expert at podcasting. Yvonne and I are just novice and just learning the the ropes right now, but... (laughs) excited to have you here. Uh, I'm excited to be here, Dr. King, and also Yvonne. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to see what we're going to get into, especially in the world of couples these days with COVID-19 and everything else is going. We were talking earlier how busy we all are right now Mm -hmm. with being able to support couples on their journey towards, you know, sacred partnership is what I say, right? Yes. I love that name. uh, I love that name. And and so important. And you hit it right on the nail on the head because you you said about COVID and I know that so many couples out there are struggling right now. So we definitely want to get into that topic and, and share your wisdom on what couples can do to help their relationship. So, so no further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Yvonne. She's going to introduce you and we'll get the conversation started. All right. Welcome, everyone. So today we are learning the five steps to conscious relationship mapping, which is super exciting for me, too, because I love working with couples. Eva Brown, PhD, is a college athlete. She loves nature, and she's passionate about supporting growth and evolution over a lifetime, personally and professionally. So welcome to the show, Dr. Eva. Thank you so much, darling. So my first question for you is, how did you get into working with couples? Because I know you love couples. I love couples. A lot of therapists don't love couples. I know. Everyone sends me their couples. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, here, here you go. You know, you take care of them. And I'm like, okay, great. Because I actually like working with couples. I love working with individuals too. I do have individual clients, but 
my couples are my babies, you know, I, I like seeing them grow together. It's really beautiful to watch them connect. It's also great to have them become so aware of their in a place of consciousness rather than just being in that survival mode all the time, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I originally got started becoming a couple therapist because I was in passion parties and Dr. King knows this story of mine. Uh, but I was in passion parties for 10 years in my 20s. Um, passion parties is a direct sales company out of Las Vegas. And we sold central products, lubricants, toys, vibrators, you name it, we sold it all. And I, I threw parties for women. It wasn't co-ed parties, it was for women. And they would come to the, I would go to their house and I would give them a presentation. And the thing that I was known for in my presentation for the 10 years that I was in passion parties is that I liked them to be educational, right? Some, some passion parties consultants were really sassy and fun and I loved having some fun, but I also wanted to impart education and support for these ladies because what was happening about 60% of the ladies that ordered for me over the 10 years were in unhappy marriages. They were in unhappy marriages. They would come into the ordering room. I would say, hey, how about, you know, this lubricant to spice up your love life? You know what I mean? And they would then, you know, a couple minutes later, we would be in there for a half an hour and she would be crying and upset and frustrated about her relationship. And I really didn't know the first thing of how to help these ladies back then. I I just, you know, I was like, here's some sexual products to help, but that's all I could really do. So um, at about eight years, I decided to get my education. I went to go get my master's and uh, I always knew I wanted to work with couples, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to just specifically do just sex therapy or if I wanted to do, you know, relationship counseling. So I got into the marriage and family therapy program at Nova, and then I went to on to get my PhD in marriage and family therapy, which is philosophy and then and also philosophy. And during that time, I figured out that I wanted to serve couples generally, meaning like any issue that they had, I wanted to make sure that I could take care of it, not just the sexual issues, although 30% of my practice is sexual issues. So, you know, it's interesting how it kind of my, my path has changed over the years. Um, but that's how I originally got started. I got started because I was tired of seeing women that didn't get supported in their, in the area of their relationships, cry and be sad. You know, okay. there's gotta be a way around this is what I thought. So, so th that's a really interesting, um, perspective. I, I want to ask you this because I, I, I think that your practice from what I've seen has evolved in so many different ways and it's where it's led you to your, where you're at now. Um, I, I'm curious because I see your husband involved in a lot of what you do. Tell me how you incorporate him and how, you know, it, it, it it's a great um, synergy between what you do and what he does as as a couple. Yeah, well, he had a restaurant in Fort Lauderdale that he ended up closing down, um, I don't know, maybe eight years ago or something like that. He owned the Pita Pit. If anybody's watching right now and, you know, you're hanging out late night drunk in Fort Lauderdale, that was my husband's restaurant before, but we sold it. <laughs> and my, my husband went through a little bit of a depression, the truth is. He went through a depression after the, the store closed because, you know, he put all of his effort into it as much as possible, all of his energy. And in the restaurant business, he was working 22 hours a day, you know, six, seven days a week. So my husband was a shell of himself. 
to be honest, you know, by the time he quit and said, I'm done with it. And uh, I watched him, you know, go through this six month year process of like figuring out what he wanted to do because he has his education in um, finance. So, you know, he went out and he's like, hey, you know, uh, maybe I can get this finance job or maybe I can get this finance job. And the truth is my husband can do whatever he wants to do, but he didn't want to have to start all the way at the bottom and he wanted to work for himself. So he ended up opening up a CBD company for himself. And then he also partnered with me in the sacred partners business to help me open up the practice because frankly, I needed support and he was available. So he helps with all the back end stuff, all the podcasts that you see, all the retreats, anything that requires heavy lifting, anything that requires technology, anything that requires to audio video setup, my husband does for me and for us in the sacred partners business, because I just, I can't do it all. And, you know, with him, we're able to make a lot more money and bring in a lot more money in terms of our home and our household to support ourselves as well. Um, and it just made a lot of sense, you know, to be able to do that. So that's how we transitioned. But it was an interesting transition into him working together, you know, as a couple. I was like, mm -hmm. you want to do this, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm a powerful woman, you know, he's a powerful man. How are we going to deal with each other's egos that, you know, <laughs> yes. what's going to happen when this happens? You know, we go through the normal couple stuff, just like everyone, you know, so we had lots of conscious conversations about it, you know, we, and we made conscious decisions about how we're going to manage things and what I'm going to do and what he's going to do. And we separated our roles, but the truth is we get along really well. You know, we, really, awesome. we, we barely argue, you know, and that doesn't mean there's not sex and there's not passion happening. You know, it just means that we figured out a way to communicate. We didn't, we didn't know how to communicate when we started though. We would, we could yell and scream and scapegoat and blame each other just like the rest of them. But now we've figured it out, you know, and we awesome. have a respect for each other. Yeah. That's, that's awesome to, to hear. And what a great example for other couples as you're working with them because you've gone through it. And, and I know that, especially right now with COVID, right, there are a lot of people that are taking that route that, you know, they're coming together to form businesses right. and, mm -hmm. you know, doing it together. So uh, I think that you have uh, a lot to share on, on that end. I have one other question that I, I want to ask you. Uh, well, I have lots of questions, but I was going to say one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have lots of questions, but what what is the primary reason that you see couples for? A mm, primary reason is there uh, a one specific thing? Well, I my I mean it's interesting because you were talking about the legacy question, and you guys are going to ask that at the end, but I'll answer it now. Right? the The truth is is that I want couples to be able to have the map to get to sacred partnership. I don't believe that we we start in sacred partnership. I believe it's an evolution and growth over a lifetime in a relationship, whether you're married or whether you're not married, if you're in a long-term partnership, it's about growth. It's about figuring out if you're really paying attention, you can grow in your relationship. If you're giving you know quality time to the growth and the evolution in the relationship, you guys will grow. It's the couples that stay the same that I'm interested in um, providing that map to get to that place of sacred partnership. And there's a little bit of a process that people I think need to go through, um, which we talked about a little bit um, before, but I believe that trauma awareness is the number one thing because what happens is a lot of couples come into relationships with all their family and societal trauma and they start to project that onto their spouses, onto their children. 
and they go into what's called trance cycles. I don't know if you guys ever read the book on the dark side of the inner child. I think I have it right here. Um, the dark side of the inner child is a great book for people to read if you haven't read it yet, but it talks about trance cycles. And these trance cycles are things that we have, we, we start to run in our minds and in our bodies when we are triggered by something. And we have a certain story or a certain cycle that we process. And when we're triggered or in an argument, the story starts. You don't love me. I'm never going to be good enough for you. You know, um, you know, whatever story is happening in that person's particular mind in that trigger, because we all have different triggers. So for me, I think the first step to, for me wanting to work with couples is to help them work through trauma and get all through all the stages, which I believe are about five <coughs> or six stages mm -hmm. to getting to that sacred partnership and sacred sexuality, which is ultimate, the ultimate thing. And I think people want ultimately more peace and more connection. So if I can provide mm -hmm. that, that, that's what I want to do. And I spent almost all of my life doing that. I so, love that. I want to get into the five steps of a uh, conscious relationship mapping, but first I want to just clarify, do you work with same sex couples as well? So our audience knows that we're talking to. Yeah. Every, every, every type of couple, every type of couple, any okay. type of sexuality, there really is no difference between a heterosexual couple, a lesbian couple or a gay couple, to be honest, they, you know, we all have trauma. We mm -hmm. all have communication issues. Yeah. So there, there is no difference and I serve yeah. everyone. Yeah. I figured That's you did, but I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, no, that's, that's the reason why we named the company Sacred Partners. I didn't want it to be sacred marriage or sacred this or sacred whatever. I want it to be partners because I believe that it's universal. There was a lot of intentionality that went into the name um, of the company this time, which is why I know it's going to last a lifetime for me. You know, I love that's it. That's awesome. I love it. So, so what are the five steps to conscious relationship mapping? Yeah. So I think of them like stages and the stages, keep in mind, you're going to be looping in and out of these different stages over the course mm -hmm. of what I, I believe over a lifetime. Some of them get easier. Some of them, you know, get harder. It just depends on where you are in your relationship. But the first step is our stage is trauma awareness. So um, our brains don't fully develop to the age of 25. I'll just give a general consensus of what that means, right? So when our brains are developing between the ages of 23 and 25, what happens is our, our, our memories and things that happen, especially the things that are traumatic, uh, get stored in the subconscious mind, right? Or repressed, so to speak. And the reptilian brain is kind of managing your body and your mind up until that age, pretty much all the time. It's in that flight or fight mechanism. Um, at about 25, that cerebral cortex starts to come online. And the cerebral cortex starts to get a little bit more what's called conscious, right? You, you develop a consciousness about yourself. You can start to become more aware of the things that you do and the things that you say at around that age, right? So if you think about it yourself and your own growth pattern, you know, when I was 21, 22, I don't think I had much mindfulness, to be honest, about who I was or what I was doing, you know? I mean, I think I was a late bloomer, honestly. I think I started like 30, you know? And I was like, oh, okay, this is what consciousness is supposed to be like, and, you know, being mindful and all that, right? So trauma awareness is about understanding the experiences that you went through. And I don't mean from a place of re-traumatizing, but just from a place of what's your story, what, ha what happened, how, how did you make sense of it? And most importantly, what was your emotion 
about it because I do emotional mapping. And so I figure out what are the top five emotions that they felt with their mom? What are the top five emotions they had with their father? What are the top five emotions they had with their siblings? And I just kind of start to map out what those, you know, nuclear family relationships look like. Um, you, you're probably familiar with it, a genogram, right? And I kind mm -hmm. of use a genogram to map out this, this information. And what I'm looking for is triggers. Because in a relationship, when you're in a partnership for a long period of time, at least a year or more, you start to get emotional triggers in the relationship. And again, we start to tell ourselves these stories or what I call projections of what we think is happening in the relationship. And we tend to attack our partner with it, right? You never, you always, you know, those types of words are used with couples when they're not familiar with taking accountability for their own um, trauma, their own triggers, and they start to scapegoat or blame their partner for how they feel. But those triggers were there way before you got into a relationship with your partner, right? So it's a, it's a, there's a methodology that goes along with these five stages. Um, I'm actually creating a methodology, methodology for um, clinicians to use this process. And I'm like trying to create a theory and a methodology about it because I, I think that um, it's really gonna help other couples therapists just to kind of delineate, okay, there's a process here that we can use that would be more effective than just kind of throwing spaghetti on the wall and figuring out where it is. And also like solution focused or narrative therapy and other types of modalities and stuff, they don't cater enough to the couple dyad, you know? And I think that that's an important thing. Of course, we have Dr. John Gottman and Julie Gottman mm -hmm. who are like the founding fathers of couples mm -hmm. therapy, in my opinion. I think they did great work. Um, and we have Brene Brown who contributed to vulnerability, which has helped a lot of people reframe their relationship mm -hmm. with vulnerability and intimacy and connection and all that stuff. And so I'm hoping to contribute something of a, some type of methodology um, for people to be able to use and really understand this, the psychology of a couple. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's pretty profound what, what you're, what you're talking about. And uh, how, how do you, how do you break it down for couples? How, how do you start the work with them? What's that look like? Yeah. Um, well, again, the, the first step is going into trauma awareness. What are, how, how can we move from victim consciousness to what I call accountability consciousness? Because when we're in victim consciousness, especially if we were actually a victim of trauma early on, it could be sexual abuse. It could be something more light, like I'm not feeling heard. It's like a chronic a chronic trauma over a lifetime, not feeling heard, not feeling valued in your family system, let's say, right? And so we kind of just go into the story of what that is. And then we figure out how do we become conscious about it, which is awareness. And then how do we communicate to our partner, which is that conscious communication element that is actually something that needs to be learned. Conscious communication is not something that just comes easy to us. I mean, I didn't have conscious communication in my family system. Most people's family systems are not, you know, communicating from a conscious, accountable, aware place. Most of them are doing scapegoating, blaming, projection, all that type of stuff, right? So the first part, the first part of the process is becoming aware of that and then learning to take accountability for it, which is stage number two, right? Stage number three is getting to that conscious communication aspect of it. And that stage, conscious communication, my couples will stay at that stage for a couple of months, like trying to figure out 
how do I do this? How do I do that? And it's actually like, it's more simple than you think in reality. And I talk to my couples about this all the time, but the hard part is changing bad habits changing ways of thinking that you would normally think. And it's like a, it's a process of coaching, I believe, and, you know, almost like saturating the mind with this new content and this mm -hmm. new information that starts to what's called like that second order change, right? First order change is just the behavioral change. Second order change is that change in the mindset, which is where we want to go, right? And then the fourth and the fifth step, just to say it out loud, you know, you guys might want to ask me questions as we go, but the fourth step would be um, emotional intimacy maintenance, right? So how do we take the trauma awareness, the accountability, the conscious communication and learn to maintain our intimacy and our connection over a lifetime? That is learning rituals, right? So the methodology would be rituals. Um, uh, Dr. John and Julie Gottman talk about the two differences, there's three differences, but the main two differences between happily married couples and unhappily married couples is, you know, happily married couples are five times more positively acknowledging. So the maintenance part would put in more positive acknowledgements there, right? Um, the other part could be, um, uh, so it's accountability five to one. And, um, oh, the, the wife being able to have some influence if it's a heterosexual couple is also an important aspect to it. Accountability is a huge aspect to it from their research. Also being able to talk from a place of I instead of you. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the, I can't, I don't know why I can't remember it right now, but there's another one that I talk about all the time. Um, it will come to me eventually, but there, those rituals, those, those five to one, bringing in those acknowledgements, communicating, oh, it's communicating the repair. Happily married couples repair the emotional connection after an argument. That's what it is. So it's learning rituals and things like that to help maintain the marriage. So that way, and we're using science, we're using the research from all of this research that he did and also some work from Brene Brown and also my own work. And I'm, you know, collaborating all of those things together and creating a, a treatment plan basically for couples to learn how to maintain intimacy because there's a science to it. Um, and then the last one is that sacred sexuality piece. And that's where my couples might stay at for like sometimes months, sometimes years. You know, the truth is, is because some of us that we close off our bodies so much, we close off our voice when we're young, you know, those trauma cycles. And you know, of course I try to find a solution cycle in those trauma cycles, which helps them dramatically. But the sacred sexuality piece, like learning to surrender the body, learning to, you know, take a deep breath in, you know, and really live in a space of um, presence with your partner, with which Tantra teaches and a lot of other modalities. But, you know, I believe that those are the five different main areas or tenants that for me, I take couples on that journey. And by the end, they're living in a sacred partnership. A sacred partnership is not something that, you know, you just happen overnight. You know, you walk down the aisle and like all of a sudden, you know, boom, you're fucking there. That's not going to happen. You know, you have to work on it. I, I love the part about the positive acknowledgement because it seems so simple. And yet couples come in and they say to me, why do I need to say thank you to him? Because he does something. I know. And I said, well, you go to a restaurant and you thank the server. So technically you're treating the server more intimately than you're treating your own partner. Yeah. And it's like mind blowing for, for people that they need to do that for each other. But I think it's such an important part. I mean, 
this is going to be the most intimate person in your whole life. And you don't say thank you to them. And that's just a simple one. I mean, forget saying, hey, you know, I think you're the most amazing, whatever, or that type of acknowledgement seems to go out the window at the after the beginning of the relationship. That's what I was going to say. And I'm sure you both know this is that and, and see this that after a while, um, five years, 10 years, and especially 20, 30 years down the road, you see couples really revert to a, a place where they almost don't even acknowledge each other. They, they mm -hmm. are at a place of, you know, they live with each other. And sometimes I even say, do you all live in the same house? Because the, they conceptualize reality in such a different way yeah. um, from the point of even saying goodbye. Uh, I have a couple that I work with uh, um, for, for years and I say to them, do you, say good morning in the morning and that simple phrase they look at me like eh. one of the husband will say of course I do and the wife says never he never says good morning to me or <laughs> or goodbye to me or you know or I love you and and he says of course I do so I had them start writing it down just you know it sounds uh to um you know uh, rational yeah and pragmatic yeah. to do it that way but that's the only way they you're really going to get the story straight, right? If if you start writing it down and logging when you say I love you, when he says I love you, or goodbye, you know, have a great day, because they they pass like you know ships in the night, you know, like mm -hmm. not they're so unconsciously conscious, you know. Yes, it, yeah. you know they don't even know their own patterns. You know, yeah. a lot of that has to do, like I said, a lot of that stuff I think goes back to trauma. Like sometimes you just have a block. You know, like you don't realize it, especially when I have couples that you just talked about, you know, where you, they come in and one's like, I do it all the time. And she's like, I don't know what relationship you're living in, you know, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's a block, you know, they really don't see it. And, you know, if you go back into the story, you can make sense of the behavior. You can make sense of it. You know, sometimes it's like a question mark and you're like, you know. And then sometimes it's funny, I was working with a client yesterday that I've been working with for eight years on and off. Like they come to me when they're having little things that happen, yeah. you know, and he, he mentioned something to me that I didn't even know for eight years. I'm like, how did you not tell me this? You know, <laughs> yes. I've been your therapist for almost eight years on and off. How did you not tell me this major event in your life? You know? <laughs> And he's just like, I don't know, Dr. Yvonne, it didn't come up. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> like, sometimes I'm just like, you got to talk to us. You know, you got to let us know. Because if we don't know, we're not informed. We're yeah. not informed. How can we help? Yeah. Absolutely. That happens. <laughs> All the time. All the time. It's like, what? And it's not like my favorite color is blue. It's, I know. It's like Something major profound. information that you have actually been working with them that could feasibly. Yes re-traumatize or go against something that's very major in their life and they're like oh it didn't come up i didn't think it really? was important it yeah was, exactly it important. <laughs> it's important to talk to your therapist folks it's, it's all important, important folks yeah. except all the favorite it. color thing that's not yeah. necessarily as important but all this <laughs> other stuff like hey. you don't know your mom things like that are really important, important for us, yeah. you know yeah. totally yeah exactly Yvonne, do you want to take the next one? Oh, sure. So what do you think, it, what are you most passionate then about your couples knowing? Like what, if you could sum it up, like what would be the most, that you're most passionate about them understanding or knowing? 
the thing that I'm most passionate about is couples knowing that they don't have to survive anymore. There's plenty of information. There's plenty of things that can help couples these days. There's research, there's science, there's people that know what they're doing to help you get to where you need to be. It's just like with me, with business. I hire a business coach because I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I didn't go to school for that. You know, I didn't, I, I hire someone for technology because I have no idea how to use technology. Most of the time it frustrates me and gives me a headache. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with couples, I want couples to know that you don't have to sit in your sadness, you don't have to sit in your survival. You don't have to sit in your contempt. You don't have to sit in your resentment. You can get the help that you want and you can live in a thriving partnership. Like you can do it and your partner can do it. As long as there's two willing people that want to live more connected and more intimately, you can do it. It's, but you know, the the truth is that some people have partners that don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. There are partners that don't want to grow. And what happens in those partnerships is they grow apart overnight and over time, excuse me. And that's the end of it. You grow together or you grow apart. That's how it goes in a relationship and in a marriage, you know? And a lot of times people just decide, oh, I'm going to grow individually. I'm going to do my thing. You do your thing. And they never come together to work together. It Coming together to work together is a whole different recipe. It's a whole different thing you know, as opposed to doing individual work. Sometimes I have people come to me and they're like, oh, Eva, I've done 10 years of personal growth. We're going like, fantastic. You're in couples therapy now. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to, we're going to revise all of that, you know, <laughs> because you, it doesn't matter how much work you do individually. It's how do you work together as a couple and how do you take right. what you, what, what you went through when you were younger and what you went through when you were younger and society, because we have to take the cultural and societal aspects into all of this as well. Yvonne, you're an LMHC, so you know all about that, right? How cultural and societal and your family of origin, all that stuff plays Mm -hmm. a role, you know, in your relationship. But I want people to know that there is answers to whatever they're going through because couples, every single couple goes through this. I went through it. You're not excused from it. I don't care how much you love your partner. I, I'm mm-hmm. in love with my partner more than I've ever been in love with anyone in my life and vice versa for him. Do we still get triggered? Yes. Do we know how to communicate and repair? Yes. But it, had we not gone through what I, had I not become a couple therapist, we wouldn't know. We wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. We would have to go to couples therapy too. And in fact, we do. We go to couples retreats once or twice a year. And I think people are really beginning to learn um, where they are in their relationships now that we're quarantined together. 100%. We've seen a lot of divorces come through quarantine. I've also seen a lot of pregnancies come through quarantine for couples. Oh, yeah. And people are calling. And now that they're living together Mm 24-7, they're really, they're struggling to figure it out. Well, they're forced because they can't dissociate anymore. You know, they can't dissociate the connection. They can't, you know, focus on everything else that's going on in their lives as a way to to disconnect from the connection or the intimacy block or the sexual block. Mm -hmm. The truth is, is that I think we all have them. I had, I had a, uh, and I had a little bit of an intimacy block. I had a little bit of a sexual block. I had to explore all those things, you know, especially when I was in my PhD, you know, in my PhD, I was writing my dissertation. You know what that's like, you know, I'm sitting there like my head is like exploding. I'm 
you know, typing in the computer 50 hours a week and also working, sex was not happening for my husband and I, okay? Like that was the last thing on my list, honestly. Yes. Mm -hmm. It was the last thing on my list. And, and of course, Paul was going through his own depression at the time when I was in my PhD, like I mentioned at the beginning. So he was like, not even aware of it. And then one night we sat in the jacuzzi and I'm like, babe, how often do you think we have sex? And he's like, I don't know, a hundred times a year or something like that. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what relationship you're living in because that's not happening. And he's like, well, we, we got to up the ante. And so my husband and I went on this track of becoming sacred sexual partners. You know, what mm -hmm. is sacred sexuality? What does that mean? And for three months, we did this intervention where we would like make love every day, right? He's like, can we make it two times a day? I'm like, absolutely not, right? Let's take, <laughs> let's take it slow, okay? Let's take it slow, you know? He's like, I'm ready, I'm ready, you know? And I'm like, okay. So for three awesome. months, you should have seen me. I was in my closet. I was like, for three months, I was like, oh, the first month, okay, I'm, I, I promised myself I was going to commit to this. And it has nothing to do with my passion. I'm 100% attracted to him. It's my, it's my mindset. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was being able to relax and get out of the masculine woman of constantly typing. So I had to learn how to be in my feminine, honestly, mm -hmm. to be in my feminine, to turn off that masculine when I would go home to him. And so after three months, it was just like, oh, this is part of our life now, <laughs> you know, awesome. but you have, you do little interventions in your marriage and you figure out like, what are the, what's going to, what's going to get it even hotter or more passionate or more connected and just never settle guys. That's, that's the best way to put it. Don't settle for the average. Oh, what a great response and what a great message for couples out there that are struggling. So I hope that everybody really took note of that, um, that everybody, all couples struggle and it's a constant evolution, right? It's, you're constantly having to work at it just like anything else in life that you yeah. want to be good at. Um, I think that's yeah. where the problem lies is that a, a lot of times couples think, well, we've been married for 30 years, so there's nothing more to do, but there's always something to always. do. Always. Always something to do. Yeah. Um, you, you talked about it the earlier part of the interview about the question, the legacy question, and you know about that because in every podcast we ask this. I think it's one of the most vital questions that we ask our guests in that we wanna know what, what your goal is in life, not, not just with couples as, uh, yeah. as in the narrow sense, but after Dr. Eva Brown goes through this life, what do you want people to remember you by? What, what is your contribution that you would like to leave behind? for generations to come? Mm, a love, like spend time working towards evolving and becoming more attuned to love's purpose, you know, be in service to love's purpose. And I think that that is the thing that I, that I wake up with every day that I'm in service to love's purpose, whether it be with my intimate family whether it be with my husband, whether it be with my puppy, whether it be with people that I meet on the street, whether it be with strangers or friends or my actual clients. Um, I think the thing that I leave behind is the love that I have for them and the genuine concern and care that I have for the people that are in my life, no matter if you're my client or not. And that's what I want to be remembered by. I don't really need all the bells and the whistles. I just need people to... to um, to find a way to bring more love into their lives and more connection and more peace because we're, we're, we're trending, society is trending 
in a um, place of resistance, lots of anxiety, lots of re uh, depression, you know, lots of, um, you know, paradigms that are different, you know, if we're looking at the Republican and the Democrat party even, you know, and just how um, society is being treated right now, we just really have to get back to connection. We have to get back to love. And I think that that's my message. Well, it's a beautiful message and one that uh, you're living, you're living that yeah. message for sure every single day. And the work that you do with couples, that's absolutely highlighting your legacy. And thank yeah. you for sharing and thank you for, you know, being so open. Uh, the things that you shared with us uh, were pretty intimate. And yeah. I, I so appreciate that. And I so appreciate you for all these years that we've known each other and walked this journey of love. Um, so uh, thank you for the work that you do and the contributions that you're making on this planet. It's certainly uh, loud and clear. It's being yes. heard. Well, you guys are great role models. Oh, so, thank you. You, know, thank you. you guys are great role models. I love what you're doing in the world. And also thank you for, for acknowledging me. I appreciate that, guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was, I was about to thank you for your transparency and your candor, because I think for so many people, they think, well, therapists just have everything all together mm -hmm. always. Mm. And the reality is we are human beings as well and can sometimes get in our own way as well yeah. too, for sure. So yeah. you, you have a giveaway for our audience and I will put this uh, in the show notes, everyone. So, but what, what's your giveaway for everyone? Yeah, well, right now I have an ebook, a How to Thrive in Love ebook. It's about five or six pages. So if you guys want to get access to that, you can. And uh, about next week, next time, I'm going to be creating the five, um, the five stages to conscious relationship mapping and going into the science and everything, not just what we talked about today. Um, it's going to be a mini course, and I decided that I'm going to gift that um, this holiday season to all the couples that want to know about it. So that way they know that there's a path towards it if they want to take it. That's oh, beautiful. That. That'll mm -hmm. be awesome. Yeah. And how can our listeners find you? Where can they stay in touch with you? Um, I am on Instagram most these days. I do daily stories on Instagram. So I try to stay connected with my community there. I'm on Facebook. And then, of course, sacredlifepartners.com is our new website. Um, so you guys can call me anytime, too. You know, email me. I'm here for you. That's I love awesome. it. And we'll put all of that in the show notes, too, for everyone. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you, Dr. Eva. It was awesome to have you on the show. And I can't wait to see you in person when COVID ends. We can uh, hug and, and yeah, chat. Yeah, I would and, love that. And I would <laughs> love that. And I will definitely get uh, get in touch with you if we come up uh, your way so that we can connect. Yes, that sounds like a plan. Awesome. Yeah. Well, everybody, get your lipstick out. It's Yay. that time. It's the lipstick attitude time. Mm -hmm. Ladies, let's mm -hmm. go ahead and put it on. I love this part. I love this part. It's too. so fun. Every time I go to one of your, your, your conventions or one of your events, it's always my favorite part, you know, it's so great. <laughs> I and I know that. the story behind it too. It's a very intimate story for you, you know, An intimate story. This is our war paint. This is what we put on to go out there and face the world and let people know that we do matter, that we do show up and that we are enough. So That's get right. out there and keep doing your thing and uh, shining your light and, uh, creating your legacy. Thank you everyone for listening. Bye everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.